How many of you guys have um, lost weight because of this heat? I see all of you guys looking lean, eh? Come on, man. Um, this morning, I brought my own towel. Um, I woke up this morning, um, had a cold shower, got dressed, packed the car, went back in the house, put ice blocks in my shoes. I told my wife, do you not have like a, a, a small cloth or a hanky? You know, you know, hankies. Remember hankies? I, I don't know if anybody uses handkerchiefs anymore, but you know, I wanted to do that. And she comes out with a towel. I'm like, I know I'm big, but really, babe, it's not going to fit in my pocket. And she's like, I don't have anything else. So man, I've been like drying myself off. I'm sorry, it sounds awful, but man, it is hot. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's really crazy, but I'm glad you guys are all here, and um, for those who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, it's good to see you guys back. January is nearly over. Can you believe it? How awesome is that? Hey, we we, we into the full swing of things, and uh, we are busy with a series called Something New. It wasn't supposed to be a series. Uh, I've, I've got to let you know. It was supposed to be, you know, everybody's coming back to church. Everybody is... Um, you know, still checking, um, you know, getting into the swing of things. And so we thought, you know, we're just going to do this one sermon that God has placed on my heart for us to launch into 2022. But after every message, you know, as I get home, God started walking with me, talking to me, teaching me about certain things. And I'm like, yes, dude, it may sound new, but it's not new, but I need to apply it. And so it is new. And so for the past uh, few weeks, you know, it has, one sermon has turned into a trilogy. How many of you guys like movies that have trilogies? Uh, don't go watch The Matrix. You will be disappointed. Just my uh, two cents. <laughs> but in any case, so um, here we are. Because I believe God is going to do something new in each and every one of us. And just, you know, this past couple of days... Uh, things were happening, and I was going, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And you know what the Lord told me? He's like, what are you preaching about? I'm like, oh, Lord, you suck. <laughs> How many of you guys actually have conversations like that with Jesus? Like, uh, you, you're crying out, and it's like, this is not working. And he goes, but what did you read? What have you been saying? And I'm like, stop preaching to me, Lord. He's like, yeah, but you've got to apply it to your life sometimes before you can share it with other people. And so today, as, as we continue in our series, can I ask you to grab your Bibles? Uh, we're going to be in the book of Kings, 1 Kings. Uh, we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to be reading a passage about a guy by the name of Elijah. For those who are not familiar with the story, a prophet of God that in a time and a season where there has been drought, no rain, and everything seems to be going against the people of God, we pick up with this guy in this passage where it's time for change, where a new season needs to happen. And in this new season, before you can step into it, he needs to transition out of the old, se out of the old season. And we're going to pick up from chapter 18 in verse 41. This is what it says. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. I've, I've got to let you know, at this point in time, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, 
These people have experienced Cape Town weather for the past two and a half, three years. It's been hot. It's been crazy. No water at all. And then in 42 it goes, so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant, and went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, everybody say meanwhile. Meanwhile, in the moment when they are still talking about a small cloud, when things still look like it's not changing, while they're still delivering the message, there is this word where everything changes, and it's meanwhile. The sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And the power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking in his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. So today, I would like to have a look as we continue in the series. I, I, I want to encourage you from, this is my heading, because we're all going to be in seasons where we need to transition from an old to a new. A new is something that God has for us. An old is something where we are currently in now. We said in our first week, even if 2022 is the same, I won't be. And so as we transition into something new, it's easy to look at it and find difficulty because it still looks the same. But I would like to talk to you from this title, It's Not Easy, But Don't Give Up. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that in everything, you want to help us move forward, help us grow. So we pray, speak to us as we unpack what we are about to learn, Father God. I pray that you would just place seeds in our hearts and our minds to draw closer to you and to move forward. We will not be the same. And Father, we just pray, teach us, encourage us, equip us, inspire us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Have any of you tried to do something new? You really wanted to do it, but you really weren't good at it that you knew of. So I grew up in a family of um, kind of musicians. So uh, my dad being the, the most amazing guy I know because he can play without reading music. So he played track. I remember when I first learned to play the bass, 
I'm like, hey, Dad, because my dad's a bassist. I'm like, hey, Dad, teach me how to play the song. It was back in the day where there was the song One Way. Oh, my gosh. After a couple of months of playing One Way, I said, no way. We need a new song. But I remember I'm going, Dad, teach me how to play this song. And he's like, what key is it in? I'm like, I, I show him the chords. And he goes, he doesn't look at the sheet music. He just looks at what key it's in. He's like, okay, play the song. And I play the song for him. And he listens and he listens for a few seconds. And he goes, and then he goes, this is it. You start in this, this string. This is B. You play this one or you push this note. These are your strings. And then he just plays the song. And then you know what he does? He hands the bass over to me and he goes, there. I'm like, dude, I don't know how to play this thing. He's like, well, you've got to learn. I'm like, that's why I called you. So I was very jealous of my dad because he could just pick up anything and play it. But when I was small, um, I, you know, that's where my love for music started. But you, my, my sisters, they colored. You probably wouldn't have noticed. They have what I don't. They've got rhythm and they can sing. I can honestly tell you it wasn't my singing voice that attracted my wife. But, but they, they've got something. And, and so, you know, my dad and my two older sisters, they would like just jam like on, on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, with the, uh, do any of you guys remember the tamarine? Yo, we should get that in church. Like, tink, 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 tink. They would like my dad on his guitar, my sisters with vocals. And this is the thing. My dad bought this piano with the idea that my older sister would play. But she wasn't interested and so he moved on to the next one in the family, Lucinda. But I felt God going, don't look at man. <laughs> look at the inside. And he didn't even look at me. And I walked up to the piano, and I'm just like, tank it around. Oh, man, I suck. And, and my dad's like, there's potential in this boy. <laughs> so they sent me off for lessons. And in my mind, I thought maybe a month's worth of lessons would make me play like Elton John. Yeah, I'm giving you my age now. And, and Elton John is amazing. And I, and I realized that wasn't going to happen. I had to practice. It wasn't something I enjoyed. And for eight years, my parents sent me for lessons, playing and practicing. Man, and they kept giving me these other pieces to play. I had to stretch my fingers. Dude, how many of you guys ever got whacked? for doing something wrong. I got hit across my hands because I was a lazy keyboard player. My hands always used to hang. You have to keep it up like classical. And dude, this one teacher, Hitler, man, just boom, hit me. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I would pray like, Lord, may I get injured on the sports field just so that I can't go to practice this afternoon. It was like, it wasn't easy. That is what I realized. It, to get to where I am today, it wasn't easy. But I so much wanted to play, so I couldn't give up. And so I see my boys, they want to play something, and in my mind I go, oh guys, it's not going to be easy. But when you start, you can't give up. And, and, and that is where we are in the passage at this moment. You, you see, Elijah is in, a, in the middle of a drought, can I tell you something? He's the one that called the drought. Because they were in a time when the, the voice of, 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 of that era, the people that controlled the culture, were, were not doing what God wanted to do. And so everybody was doing the 
the most evil, grotesque things. And Elijah walks up and he, and he speaks to the king Ahab and he goes, listen, I know who God is. And what you guys are doing is wrong. There won't be rain until I say so. And so he challenges the priests of Baal. These are the guys that I was talking about. He's like, let's see whose God is God. And he challenges them. But he, he doesn't just beat them, he embarrasses them. He doesn't just embarrass them, he kills them. I mean, come on, now that's how you do church, man. It's like, you don't believe in Jesus? No, 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 we will never. I can't, that's so bad, don't do that. And then he goes, now that you have seen who God is, it's time for a new season. And so he goes and he prays. And in the transition, there's supposed to be rain. But it's not how it should be. And it's the same that happens in our lives. I mean, here we are in 2022, 2021, and 2020 was like a year of drought. It, it, was, it was hard. It was difficult. There, there, there was so much that was lost, whether it was families, it was work, it was substance and income. And now we're in 22. And it's, I believe it's a time of transition. But we can, we've already stepped. Like I said, January is nearly over and certain things still look the same. And it's easy for us to go, wait, this is not easy. I want to give up. But we can't. Because we have to move forward. This is a time that Jesus is saying it's a new season. And what do we do when we know God has spoken something over us, something for us, showed us something, and all we do is see the same thing? It's the same like last year. I have the same problems. These are the same things that are eating me and, and stealing my joy. How do we move forward? And I just want to show you a few things out of the passage Number one is we need to stay focused because you get what you focus on. Studies, work, what you, when, when you are focused, everybody knows this, you attain what you focus on. You get what it is. Once again, I have to talk sports because, you know, I was one of those kids in school. Don't tell my children. <laughs> I... I I keep telling my wife, I didn't even complete, do, the only thing I had in my Afrikaans book in matric was my name. It was that awesome. All my other subjects were different. I had to work in that. But in any case, so um, everybody knows sports. Anybody loves sports, cricket? How many of you guys are happy about the cricket? Yay. Anybody um, doing um, rugby this year? Pick the team, staying with the team, province, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, you guys. So um, they, they always challenge players on a field when the ball goes up into the air. Have, have you seen those? People hit high shots, and they kick the ball high. In order for the person that is waiting to take hold of either the cricket ball, catch it, or the rugby ball, what do they need to do? They need to keep their focus on what they want. Because you will always notice, I don't know if you guys have experienced this in your rugby team, but when they kick an up and under and your fullback looks at the ball, 
most of the time I go, he's going to drop it. And it normally happens when he takes his focus off the ball and looks at what is coming. Even for a split second. Cricket as well. I taught my boy how to, my, 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 my second son, he, he really loves cricket. So we're playing and we're teaching him and I'm throwing the ball at him and he's catching it. Next thing, I just stand there and I throw it up into the air and he looks at me and he goes, what now? I'm like, catch it. And he goes, he pulls a ninja turtle on himself. I'm like, dude, you got to look at the ball. He's like, but what if it hits me? I'm like, that's why you look at it. Because when you focus on it, you will get it. And what we need to do as we transition, life's not going to be easy, but you get what you focus on. Elijah heard the sound of rain, but he was in a period when there was nothing that brought it. We get a word, and in the times that we are, we see that things aren't changing. So we need to change our focus. We need to put our focus not on what is going around us, but what we see in God. We have to keep looking at Him. You see, we get so excited when we receive the word. How many of you guys have received a word from God? And it's like, we're going to change the world. But then the world doesn't change. And then we get despondent. And then we don't know what to do because now we're looking at why didn't that work? Why is this still the same? But God didn't ask you to worry about that. In order to move forward, we need to change our focus. How do you change your focus? You fix your focus on God. And we do that, we need two things. We need faith, and we need to pray. Because that's what Elijah did. Elijah saw that it was still a drought. In his spirit, he felt and he heard, it's a time of change. And everything he did didn't change anything. And at that moment, things were still the same. But he had faith, and he continued to pray. This year, I think we're going to need a very strong conviction of our faith. We need to know where we put our trust in. Trust in God, trust that he is faithful, trust that he will see things through. How many of you guys have ever asked your kids, trust me? And they go, yeah, we trust you. And then you say, hey, while you're on that roof, jump. And they go, whoa. I tried that with my dad. I'm like, dad, catch me. He's like, are you mad? I'm like, I trust you. He's like, but you'll kill me. I'm like, at least I'll survive. <laughs> but where do you put your trust in? And that is something that we need to understand is where do we put our trust in? I love Proverbs 3 verse 5. This past year, this has kind of been my go-to scripture. It reads this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You can always preach something off this because my understanding says that things aren't going to change, that it's only going to get worse. As I listen to the media, as, as I read um, the newspaper articles and I see these things, it's not getting any better, it's getting worse. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding in all your ways, not just in your ways on Sunday, 
not just in your ways when you have an issue, in all your ways. How do you drive? How do you chat about people? How do you conduct business? How do you raise your kids? In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord. I know that's not easy. It's not easy. I've done it before. Said, hey, you've got to trust people, and then, man, things change, and I'm like, oh, snap, what do we do? And, and, and Alison and myself had these conversations many times. And it's like, babes, we need to put this in place. We need to do that. I need to find this. I need to be in this position and stuff like that. And she goes, but hold on. That's good. But are you still trusting? Are you putting your trust in God? You see, how do you put your trust in God when things are chaotic around you? Elijah put his head between his knees. I can't do that. I will pass out. Blood circulation will be cut off. There's no focus. But the reason they explained to us what he did was because he's showing you that he cut off every other distraction. What he heard and what he could see, he cut it off. And that is how we put our trust in God Maybe you need to cut out some of the habits that you have. Maybe you have to cut off some of the programs you watch. Maybe you need to cut out some of the friends you have so that you can focus. Because everything around you will tell you what is happening at this moment. But we need to fix our focus. We need to have faith. So the first thing we need if we want to change our focus, is we need faith. And the second one is we need to pray. And I, I love saying this, not just when you go to a restaurant and there's a lot of food. And you pray, Lord Jesus, may everything go in. But we need to pray at all times. It's not a must I pray or should I pray. It's I have to pray. And can I take it one step further? I get to pray. Can, can we change our focus on prayer this year? I get to pray. I get to communicate with the creator of the universe. I'm in a relationship with him. You see, Jesus prayed. So we should pray. We're going to be starting prayer meetings this year. Every second week, we're going to be praying at my house. I, I want you guys, we're going to pray as family. And if a hundred people pitch up, yeah, we'll pray outside. Catch a tan while we're at it. If no people pray, I'm still going to pray. But every Thursday, we're going to let you know when it starts. It's going to start up in February. But the, 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 every alternate, is that right? Every second Thursday, we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying about the first Thursday, we're going to be praying for our church, asking God to show us what we need to do, praying over the sustainability of the people within the church, the blessings of them. And then we're going to move the next Thursday, we're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray for our country. 
Because we're not going to be a church that waits for something to happen. We are really going to be in that moment. So what do you need in your life? What do you need to see breakthrough in? We're going to pray. But I'm going to tell you, why don't you pull in and come and pray with us? Because we need to pray. We always talk about, you know, love your neighbor. Okay? You know, you have to be nice. We have to accept people. We have to, we have to honor them. That is the second commandment, the great commandment that God gave us. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, which means we need to be in a relationship with him. Relationship means I speak to him. How many of you guys are in a relationship? Okay, good, a few of you. A relationship with your family, spouse, neighbors. Anybody talk to their neighbors? Anybody know their neighbors? I know my neighbor. How many of you guys talk to your spouses or your partners? My wife's giving me a thumbs up. She actually responded. We do talk. It's like, you know, I have this problem with her. No, I don't. You're amazing. I love you. See, we communicate well. (laughs) But a relationship is getting into each other's spaces, getting to know each other, talk about each other, not just ask for things, but tell things, share things. That is what we need to be with God. If you want to change your focus, you need to correct your relationship with God. You have to pursue Him. You have to talk to Him. You've got to focus on Him. Build your faith. Continue in prayer. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because one of the things that Satan will always use is to make sure that we give up on what God has spoken into our lives. And so after we fix our focus, because that's what we get, we need to persevere. Because there is power in perseverance. Perseverance carries us when passion fades away. If you want to see an end goal, most of the time, let's use something that we are all sinful about, and that's the gym. Every year, we start off with that passion. I am going to change the way I look. And everybody sees it. You look at that mirror, you close your eyes, you see that six-pack, you see those, your muscles have muscles. Man, you always look into the mirror, you turn and you hoi those calves like, I could kickstart a Boeing with that. And there's this excitement. We go and buy the new clothes. We go take out the gym contract. Or or we just make sure that it's still being paid from the past five years. We get the water bottle and the mask that matches it. Hey? Uh -uh, Because you can't go into gym without a mask. And then the first week, it goes well. You know, you're up early. Fresh air in the lungs. You go to gym. You see the instructor, hey, where's the weights? Over there, uh, okay. What size tires do you ride? I ride with 18 inches. And the passion is there. But then the second week comes. And the third week comes. And it's like, oh my gosh, water tastes awful. How much chicken must I eat? 
People look at me and they think I'm a chicken. You know, all this happens and the passion fades. And what do we do? We find an excuse. The chicken needs salt. But salt doesn't cut it. Tomato sauce. Chips. Ooh, in a bribery. <laughs> what about Jim? Ah, not today, not today. It's too hot. I'm going to burn. Yeah, every day is cheat day. Yeah, it's like, I have a cheat day. I've had a cheat day since last year, man. <laughs> but you see, it, it, it keeps us going. But then passion fades. And when passion fades, we stop. We give up. But when we persevere, even though we don't want to, even though it's difficult, we still go. Because it's those who persevere that gets the end result. Check this out. Hebrews 10 verse 36 says this. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. That is not a suggestion. It's actually, I feel like he's saying, you know what? This is something you need to do. Not I think you need to do. You need to persevere. You need to carry on. We might not see it and the process might be slow, but can I tell you something? Quitting doesn't speed up anything. And we do that in all areas of our lives. You know, we just, when things get hard, we stop. When things don't seem to be working out, it stops. Can I encourage you, this year, 2022, when life gets tough, please don't give up church. Because that's the first thing that we cut out, is connecting with Jesus. And we connect through Jesus by being in each other's presence, by worshiping together. Don't neglect gathering, because we can stir each other up. We can encourage each other. If you are going through something, don't go through it alone. Tell us. We want to pray for you. This is a year we're going to pray. Keep coming, keep pushing in, keep growing. As we talk about our values, we are all about growing, connecting people to life-giving relationships, up with God, in with each other, and out. Can I say grow up? grow in. And when I say grow out, don't put on weight. I'm saying grow out, reach out. Reach out to people, grow deeper, grow up with God. You see, Elijah's servant went up seven times. He had to persevere. He could have, I don't know this guy, but he could have gone, oh my gosh, this man, he didn't hear. He has finally lost it. But he didn't. If he had stopped, he would not have seen the breakthrough. Elijah prayed and sent his servant out. Six times, this guy comes back and goes, there's nothing. And a lot of times, we are like that. We pursue, we press on, we keep going, and nothing happens, and then we go, let's stop. If Elijah had stopped at number six, we would have not seen the breakthrough. Because perseverance is what connects our faith to God's promises. We need to keep pushing on. So don't give up. Make, 
Giving up is not an option, guys. Can I just say that? Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your work. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on your spiritual growth. Don't give up on God. Most importantly, don't give up on yourself. Keep persistence because there is progress in persistence. It teaches us to walk by faith when everything around us looks like it's not going to change. It has the power to change us and others. And I just want to close off with this last thing. After you persevere, we need to make sure that we understand this is significant. This year, this is the word that I want to speak over myself, that this is significant. Can I ask you to say this? This is significant. No, 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 come on, convince me. This is significant. This is significant. Okay, so now you got it. I remember um, when Ali and myself first planted. We came to Cape Town. Some of you guys were there. We started with a little home group, eight people. Yay. And then we moved, and we, the church started out in our house. And uh, the, uh, who can remember that? Yeah? I'm looking at people because there were people we put right in front that I'm, I'm like, oh, Lord, they're never going to come back again. And, and, I mean, Mario used to sleep on my couch. He, he used to do shifts. And, and I remember Mario didn't want to go home because he, he, he worked a, a very awkward shift. So he would come off, like, at 4. And instead of going home to sleep because he knew he wouldn't wake up, he goes, Milo, can I come and sleep at your house? So I would wake up at 4, open the door, and he would just walk in and go and sleep on my couch and then just as the countdown finishes, Mario walks in. Before that, he used to sleep in his car outside my house. I'm like, very scary, dude. These people are going to throw you in jail. You can't do stuff like that. But that, you see, that's where we started. And I remember the church had grown so well that we had to move out the house that we were in. And so the people in the street, we, we met with some of our neighbors because we didn't need the house anymore, so we moved to a different house. And so they were saying goodbye to us. And one of my neighbors finally found out what we do. And he looks at me in the eye and he goes, oh, just another small church. This is insignificant to other people. Can I tell you something? This is significant. Take a look around you. This is significant. We need to celebrate the stuff that are insignificant in our lives because God has the potential to grow it. It might not be easy, but don't give up. That car you drive, it's significant. That job you work is significant. Man, my kids, it's significant. Don't underestimate what God is using you to do at this moment. Because the servant goes, there is something. But it's kind of insignificant. And I don't know about you, my kids play games these days. And I'm sure Elijah was a gamer. Because when his friend, or when his servant comes, it's insignificant. Elijah go, 
it is here, let's go. Let's go. That's the word that my kids use. No matter what they're doing, they're like, the moment something happens that's exciting, it's let's go. Because that's what we've been waiting for. That is what we've been waiting for. Everything you do in life, when it seems small, it's still significant. The devil will try to stop you by making you think the path you're on, what you're doing, is insignificant. Come on. Since when have we believed him? If you have, please stop. The word says Satan is a liar. You wouldn't try, trust a liar that comes to your house, a drug addict that goes, hey, I'm off drugs. You're not going to trust him. Why are you going to trust someone that is going to steal everything from you? Why are you going to trust something that is going to take you away from the purpose that God has given you? It might look like it's insignificant. But can I tell you something? This is significant. If you want a life that matters, make it matter. This is significant. I'm going to tell you guys, it's not always going to be easy. You're going to have to wake up every morning. You're going to have to pray the same prayers every day. You're going to have to face those issues at work constantly. Don't give up. It's not easy, but don't give up. If you want to change your health, don't give up. If you want to see God work in your family, don't give up. I'm telling you now, it's not going to be easy, but it is significant. Let us pray.